It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Ethan Sargent. Good afternoon, evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are live from Athens, Ohio, and it is the Sports Fan, presented by J and K Contracting. My name is Ethan Sargent. I am joined by Michael Roth. We have a, another packed day in the world of sports, and it's been a busy one today. We're going to focus mostly on the court today. It was the NCAA tournament has tipped off officially. We are underway in March Madness. Last night we had two first four games. And there are two more tonight. We will break down what happened last night in Dayton and go over what's going on tonight. And then we will once again zoom out and take a look at the bracket. Just like we did yesterday, we will break down what could be some of the more intriguing matchups on the bracket as well as some upsets, some locks, and maybe some picks that we like or dislike. And then we'll go back to the National Football League where it is day three of free agency and we are in a new league year. Happy New Year, NFL fans. We are officially into the 2023-24 NFL season and it was a pretty eventful day and it was one that was headlined by the Pat McAfee Show, believe it or not, where Aaron Rodgers had a lot to say about his future. So that'll give me the chance to bring in uh, Mr. Michael Roth. How are we doing today? You know, day three of three that we're together, um, and it's uh, it's almost here. Just one more sleep until you get that elusive first four days of March Madness. Oh, the first four real days. Some of the best days in sports. Almost here. Tomorrow should be real fun. There will be games tipping off at noon all the way through 10 p.m. Eastern time for the next two days after today, Thursday and Friday are going to be some fun days for basketball. So let's go back first, though, and take a look at what happened last night in the first four. We'll start with the 16 versus 16 matchup, where I believe I'm, I'm trying to dig it up here real quick, but I know it was the Islanders who were able to take the W. It was Texas A&M Corpus Christi defeating SEMO. Southeast Missouri State by the score of 75-71. to 71. The Islanders take down the Cardinals. It was a good game, good back-and-forth action. SEMO um, had a chance to tie right at the end, but their three-pointer fell short of the rim, and then Corpus Christi hit one of their two free throws, and there was no real time left for SEMO to get anything going at the back end. Did you watch that game, Roth? Did you catch any of it? Well, what were your thoughts if you did? Um, so I didn't watch that game. I I saw lots of takes on Twitter uh, about how many free throws were shot in that game. 55. Um, I was watching the Cavs. The Cavs got a big win, um, over Charlotte. They play Philadelphia tonight. So that's what I was doing during the 16s games. But yeah, like they're just, I know it's the 16 seed. So maybe you're looking at like less skilled teams going against each other, but 55 free throws, like we got it better than that. Um, So I I missed out on that one, but um, I usually try not to watch the 16 seeds game. um, But then I tuned in uh, for the second game. That was a a hard watch, but also (laughs) went right down to the wire. I mean, both of these games last shot. Yeah. You you said it. I mean, it was just a, it was a dog fight all the way through just to put it in perspective on the on the first game 31 fouls committed by SEMO 18 fouls committed by Texas Corpus Christi that is if you're some quick mathematicians 49 total fouls committed by both teams so a lot of free throws a lot of fouls but in the end it was the Islanders who were moving on and they get the reward of playing the Alabama Crimson Tide tomorrow. What a great re- but, reward. Uh, what a beautiful reward for them. So they'll take on Brandon Miller, Mark Sears, and company. And before we get into the next game, I want to spare a thought for my hometown, Hofstra Pride. Uh, I, I grew up about 10 minutes from Hofstra's campus on Long Island, New York, in Uniondale. 
They went into Rutgers last night in the NIT, won 88-86 in a wild game. Uh, another one that had a wild finish as well in both regular time and in overtime. Hofstra were able to pull it out in overtime. Those NIT first-round games are on the campus of the higher seed, so that game was at Rutgers, an impressive win for Hofstra. And then for the UMAC fanatics out there, Toledo were up at Michigan at the half but couldn't take them down. Michigan pulled away in the end, winning 90-80. to And those are two scores to watch from the NIT. And let's now go back to the NCAA tournament where that second game Pitt versus Mississippi State, and it was the Panthers who came out on top, 60-59. to First thing I want to say, I hate that Pitt wore their black jerseys. I, I think it was, it, it, they just they just don't look good. The big P on the front, I, I just don't think, I'm not a fan. I like, I like Pitt's general color scheme of the blue and yellow. Not sure why they changed it up for the tournament, but I'm not a uniform guy. Well, I think they wear those like somewhat... Um like not too infrequently, mm-hmm. but um, when you have the the blue and gold jerseys that Pitt does, I know you gotta wear them They're when gorgeous. everybody's watching you. Like yeah. when when the lights shine brightest, when all the eyes are on you, you want to be looking good. And yeah, Pitt just they didn't decide to bring out their best uniforms. Maybe maybe they're saving their best uniforms for the next for, uh, for Iowa State potentially. Um, you know when. Mr. Roth just said that this was a hard watch. It, it was a hard watch at times. Uh, you can really take a look at the stats. Um, just six threes made by Mississippi State in 23 attempts. That's they a 26.1% clip. They are the they were the worst three-point shooting team in the country. 363 out of 363 That's on bad. percentage. <laughs> um, and they were, I think, just over 26%, so just around their season yeah. average. And it seemed like they couldn't buy one, especially compared to Pitt, uh, who made 47% of their threes, 9 for 19. No, and then at the end, right at the end of the game, the score was 60 to 59. It was there, there was a foul and then a blocked shot by uh, the freshman who started in place of the guy who was hurt for Pitt. Uh, Diaz Graham had the block, and then uh, on the inbound, Mississippi State got the most wide-open three I think you'll ever see to win a game. Um, genuinely, nobody in the same not area. Even, not even nobody. The even closest close. person was in the uh, was in the five one three. They weren't in the nine three seven. Yeah, it was very far away from. I mean. Seriously, like refocusing on basketball, I don't even think there was anybody outside of the paint. Like he had a good ten feet between him and the nearest guy, didn't make the basket, and then on a second chance, there was a tip-in opportunity, and that doesn't fall either. Mississippi State going to be watching that film. Chris Jans, the dentist, as John Rothstein calls him, they're going to be watching that film back a while, a long time this off season, and it's going to be a tough watch. For them, I'd probably say the star. Of the, there was no real star of this game. You know, the best player coming in was probably Tolu Smith from Mississippi State, and Pitt did a pretty good job of limiting Tolu Smith. Just five for eleven from the field for one of the SEC's better players. Thirteen and eight for him. Um, in the end, do you think either of these teams can give Iowa State a challenge, or do you think the Cyclones will be able to take care of business? Um, I don't think Pitt is all that great. I think you watch them. They got out-rebounded. They were the first team in the last 20 years. I forget what the stats were. Um, but they were the first team in the last 20 years to win a game when all this stuff happened. And it was like, get out-rebounded by 20. Um, yeah, lose the turnover crazy. battle by five or more. Um, and I forget what the other stat uh, that oh shoot under forty percent from the field yeah thirty eight percent from um, last night yeah so I it was a it was kind of a miracle win for the Panthers um they, they're a tough gritty team they're not going to go out without a fight but I think uh, I think it's going to be a, a one and done in the true bracket play for the Panthers yeah we'll see what happens that game. Between Pitt and Iowa State is, I believe, in yeah, it is in the Midwest, and that game is going to happen, I believe, on Thursday. I may be wrong, but I, I will double check that for you 
in just a sec. But let's refocus on today's games. We've got Fairland Dickinson taking on Texas Southern. Fun fact about Texas Southern, they're the worst team to make the tournament in the last five years, 14-20. and 20. It's a team that some people may may be familiar with as they, they tend they to be in the first Dayton. four. They are a team that we see a lot. They win that conference. They win the SWAC. It seems like almost every year, but they weren't all that great this year. But once again, it's a classic of you know, all that matters is winning that conference tournament, and here they are again. So just 14 and 20 for the Texas Southern Tigers. They're taking on the Fairland Dickinson Knights, who are 19-15, and they come out of with a 10 and 6 record in the is it the Northeast Conference, the NEC? Uh, I believe so. Fairland yeah. Dickinson has a graduate from Reynoldsburg, uh, southeast side of Columbus, right off of uh, 33 and 256, uh, in Sean Moore. So he uh, uh, he's a guy for. Uh, some of the locals to root on if they uh, remember him. Uh, he's been starting for them, um, scoring 6.6 points per game. Yeah, that should be an interesting one. That one's tipping off 640 over on True TV. Texas Southern actually currently favored in that game, even though the record, Fairland Dickinson, is the better um has a better record. But maybe the uh, the odds makers in Vegas betting on that experience for the Tigers. And then the second game, and a really good way to cap off the first four, which probably the most intriguing game of the first four. Um, our regular contributor, Carl Blaylock, will know all too well about Nevada as he's a big proponent of the Mountain West Conference. And they're taking on the Sun Devils of Arizona State. And I think these two teams match up really well against each other. And I, I think we're going to get some really high-quality basketball tonight in Dayton in the nightcap. Yeah, it's uh, it, it should be a competitive game. Two teams that are going to have to travel a long way to get to oh, Dayton, yeah. um, and then they're going to have to get out of Dayton and get to uh, where uh, they will be playing on the final game Friday night in Denver. So they're going to get a little the, bit of rest, I guess. Yeah, from the West Coast to the Midwest, back to the West Coast. Um, I, I think that Nevada has a, a more complete offensive team. Um, Arizona State sometimes uh, struggles to score the basketball pretty consistently. Um, they they play at a fairly fast pace, though, so it uh should be a competitive game. Um, but yeah, Mountain West has had a rough stretch in the tournament. Yeah, I was just I was just about to bring that up because I think. The biggest question mark, uh, and this will be an early test, the Mountain West has had a banner year. They have some teams in this tournament that could make runs, but is this the year for the Mountain West that they can finally prove that they are one of the elite conferences in that mid-major level or maybe even getting up higher? Um, We will see because I think this Nevada matchup will be a really good test to see where the Mountain West is in terms of other conferences because Arizona State... Uh, what just where they I believe they finished what third in the Pac-12 they would definitely finish by UCLA yeah third or fourth third or fourth so in that mid range we will see how Nevada stacks up I think it's going to be a, a a high quality matchup um at the very least but the winner of this game is getting a team that is very popular in a lot of uh, a lot of brackets and that's the TCU Horned Frogs it's been a good year for that college in terms of sports. And we will see what happens. I think TCU uh, would match up pretty well against either of these teams. They'd probably match up better against um, Arizona State than they would Nevada, um, simply because Nevada shoots the ball so well that I think that you know they they just you you could bank on Nevada making more shots. But then again, on any given night, you don't know. So we will see what happens. We're gonna take a quick break as we just broken down the first four for you. When we come back, we will break down the bracket. We're going to go in-depth on maybe not every single matchup as we've only got so much time, but we will get down to the nitty-gritty. We'll break down some of the funner matchups, some of the more interesting matchups, and try and pick out some teams we could see making it far in March. We'll be right back on The Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. When we walk, when we reach, when we play, We're moving through life. 
but an estimated 80% of Americans aren't getting their recommended daily amount of physical activity. It's time to move and keep moving, America. And when you need help, physical therapists and physical therapist assistants are by your side because we are meant to climb, to dance, to soar, to thrive. Choose to move. Choose physical therapy. Visit ChoosePT.com. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, $1.19 each. Open 10.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. Head over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. From Gerza Realty and Building. It's Larry Conrath, the only Larry Conrath in real estate. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses, farms and acreage too. For the only Larry Conrath in real estate. Please call 5913015. 5913015. What was that number? It's 5913015. Call the only Larry Conrath in real estate. Five nine one three zero one five. Live and local, the sports fan on nine seventy WATH. The sports fan, live from Athens, here in the WATH studios. I'm Ethan Sargent, joined by Michael Roth on this. Beautiful Athens evening. The weather is starting to pick up a little bit. I will say it's been a chilly couple of days. It's nice outside, but I, th- today. I think it's a very, very nice day outside today. I think we've hopefully for a weekend of exciting basketball, we can enjoy it with some nice spring weather. Hopefully, but who knows? We're in the state of Ohio. Anything could happen. We could 90, see snow 90% on the ground chance tomorrow. of rain on Friday. Ah, so maybe we'll have to enjoy some of the first matchups indoors. But let's break down some of the matchups that we're going to see tomorrow. And obviously, when the sports fan airs tomorrow, there will be a sports fan. It won't be us two, unfortunately. I think Carl Carl should be coming back to town. He'll be back in Athens tomorrow, and he might have a couple guests with him. But we are going to break down most of the matchups for today into tomorrow. And then Carl, on the sports fan tomorrow, I imagine, will give you an update on what's happened, what will happen, and we'll, we'll, we'll go through it. So before we break down those matchups, though, Roth, I want your input on this, and I'm sure the people out there would love it too. One upset that you are happy to lock into your bracket, what you got? Uh, You're not going to have to wait very long. Second game that's going to tip, Furman versus Virginia. Uh, The Dons, uh, they've been knocking on the door, making the postseason. They finally did it. They won the Southern Conference Championship uh, over UT Chattanooga. they have a guard in Mike Bothwell, who's a fifth-year senior. Uh, he averages 18 points a game, uh, very productive. They also have another fifth-year senior in the front court in Jalen Slauson. He averages 15 points and seven rebounds. Also in their rotation, Bothwell from Cleveland. Uh, they also have uh, Alex Williams, uh, a forward from Cincinnati Moeller, and also Tyrese Huey. Uh, who is from Columbus, Thomas Worthington. So they got three Ohio kids in their regular rotation. They're two best players, fifth-year seniors. Virginia, we all remember what happens last time. They were a number four seed. They lost to the 13-seeded Ohio Bobcats. I am going to go with Furman to win straight up in the second game of March Madness. It starts off West Virginia, Maryland, and then you're getting that Furman Virginia game should be a lot of fun. Yeah, the one thing I will 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 say out there is you better have multiple TV screens tomorrow because you're going to need them. I think we're going to see a lot of drama, a lot of crazy finishes. The the balance of power in college basketball this year has been so even because we've seen so much craziness in all these conference tournaments, and now we're in the postseason where anything can happen. I think we're going to see some craziness tomorrow. And speaking of craziness, I've got a crazy upset. And this one is bold, and it's out there, and it is the 15th-seeded UNC Asheville taking down UCLA. There's a couple reasons for this. First off, let's just take a look at the recipes for teams that typically do well in March. They shoot the ball well, and they just find ways to win. This UNC Asheville team has both of those things. They're the sixth-best three-point shooting team in the country at 39%. 
they get the ball in the basket from three. They shoot 20, they're the 25th best pure field goal percentage from the field in the country at 47.7%. They've got forward Drew Pember, who transferred from Tennessee. He averages, uh, I just had it, hang on. He averages 21.7 or 21.2 points per game at 46.3% field goal percentage, nine rebounds a game. He's going to be that do-it-all guy that sometimes you need. Sometimes it's that star, that mid-major star that steps up and makes that crazy play, drags a team to a tournament win. That's what I feel like Drew Pemmer could do. He may well be the best player on the floor tomorrow, especially when you consider the amount of injuries that UCLA is faced with. They are really struggling. They've got three. They're Jalen Clark, who's got 13-6. and six. He's out for the tournament. Um, Adam Bona and Evan Manjikian. Manjikian doesn't have that much of an impact, but Bona is a guy that comes off the bench, plays about 23 minutes a game. He's a game-time decision tomorrow. Those are guys that they're going to miss. UNC Asheville's healthy. They've won 18 of 19 games. It's a bold pick, and UCLA has the tournament pedigree for sure, but don't count out UNC Asheville. Don't count out the Bulldogs. I think it's going to be a fun one. Now let's move on and take I'd, on. I'd like them a lot better getting the 17.5 points that Vegas is getting. Oh, oh, I think, and if we haven't hit our surefire hot picks yet, I think it might be too early to do that as a surefire hot pick because that'll it's happen after 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. tomorrow. But I think if any of you guys will hear the show, I don't know if Carl's listening or not, but if any of you guys are on the show tomorrow, I think UNC Asheville minus 17.5 plus. or plus 17.5, excuse me, is the freest money that has ever been made and maybe we're wrong you'd be really aggressive if you had the minus 17 (laughs) that'd be that'd be something so let's we're just going to take a look now we're going to go through the day we've got a ton of matchups tomorrow lots of fun fun enjoyable matchups from 12 15 opening tip is 12 15 on cbs west virginia maryland Closing tip is 10.05 p.m. on True TV. It's that game we were just talking about, UNC Asheville versus UCLA. So let's go all the way to the top. West Virginia versus Maryland. Break it down, Roth. Yeah, so this is a game, first game of the tournament, eight versus nine seed. Uh, big uh, coaching advantage for West Virginia. Bob Huggins, a lot of success in the tournament. For Maryland, Kevin Willard, I like him as a coach. However, only one NCAA tournament victory. Uh, Maryland also not playing their best basketball right now. They've lost uh, three of their last four games. All of them came away from College Park. Um, They struggle away from home. Um, I think that West Virginia gets this one done. Uh, It should be a competitive game, but uh, I'm going to lean towards uh, the Mountaineers getting the victory and advancing to the round of 32. What say you? I agree. I think... um... I think the coaching, when you've got a guy like Bob Huggins uh, on the bench, it's it's just going to help your team, and I think that's a pretty simple one. I, I'd go. It also, uh, again, when you look at the tournament from a big picture, a lot of these conferences need to make statements, um, especially the Big Ten, because the Big Ten's reputation is that they have all these great teams, all these teams that are in the tournament, but by the second weekend, 95% of them are gone, and maybe if not all of them are gone, and they've got a one seed this year. They've got a lot of really high-quality teams. So uh, the Big Ten are looking for a big showing this year. It'll be a tough test early for the Terrapins against, I think I'd have to agree with Roth and go with the Mountaineers due to the coaching advantage. We, we just briefly touched on the Furman-Virginia game, so we'll skip that one for now. We may come back to it. Let's jump right in to the third game, which is on TNT at 1.40 p.m. This one's a tasty one. Seventh-seeded Missouri versus 10th-seeded Utah State. Two really good basketball teams, I think, in a 7-10. Utah State is way too good to be a 10th seed. Let's just put it out there. They are a very talented basketball team. Just haven't been able to get it done against the top teams this year, really. Um, 18th in net for a 10-seed is, is pretty unheard of. Um, 78.6 points per game. Both of these teams, this game, the over-under for this game is going to be very high. 155 yeah. and a half. Believe it is the second highest uh, among first-round games. The Gonzaga Grand Canyon game, yeah. only one higher to my knowledge. Yeah, so 
I mean, the, the Utah State shoots the three ridiculously well. We talked about how UNC Asheville, 39.0, were sixth in the country. Fifth in the country is Utah State at 39.3%, 48% from the field. Missouri's 47.3% from the field. So both of these teams are going to pour the buckets in. They're both 7-3 and three over their last uh, 10 games. Um, and both of those include um, losses, many losses, all these losses – between all of these teams are determined teams except for Utah State losing to San Jose State. Or no, are they in the tournament? No, Yeah, San Jose State is not in the tournament. Um, but two losses to SDSU for Utah State, and then Missouri lost to Bama, A&M, and Auburn. They lost to Bama, of course, in the tournament. Um, it's just going to be a fun matchup. Who, who, do you, who do you got in this one? I think I'm going to take Utah State and go with the Mountain West. It's uh, it's going to come down to who shoots the ball better from the outside. I also think it's interesting. This is a 140 tip, but it's on the West Coast. Um, interesting. So that means that this is going to be tipping off at 1040 local time. Yeah, wakey, wakey, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I wonder how these teams come out first, like, 10 minutes. Um, maybe Utah State has a bit of an advantage there because they're more used to West Coast time. Um but we shall see. Yeah, both of these teams are going to have to be ready to go because either one uh, can score points in a hurry. Yeah, it's going to be bunches. It's I'm going to lean bunches. towards Missouri, but this is one uh, I don't feel very good about either side. Yeah, so we're, we're going to lump both of these next two into the same category because they're both 16 versus ones. you got Howard versus Kansas at 2 o'clock on TBS, and then you've got... On two at 2:45 on CBS, you've got the number one seed in the land, Alabama, taking on those Islanders from Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Do either 16 seed have a shot? No. All right, we'll move on very quickly. Um, so we're saying that Bama and Kansas take care of business. We won't see another UMBC. Oh boy, how about this game at 3:10 p.m. Eastern on True TV? This might be one of the games of the early round. It is five seed San Diego State against the 12 seed Charleston. Charleston were ranked at points this year in the NCAA top, the AP top 25 poll. SDSU has also been ranked for a large majority of the season. It's rare that you see a matchup this good in the first round. How do you break this one down, Roth? Yeah, this is going to come down to how well can um, San Diego State limit Charleston's outside shooting. Uh, They're going to need to hit a bunch of threes uh, against this elite San Diego State defense. Uh, This Aztec team is tough. Uh, They're experienced. Uh, It should be an intriguing game. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards San Diego State, um, but Charleston. A tough matchup for any team, especially if they get hot. I, I was going to say, I, I think I, I think the the brain and the sense goes to San Diego State here. They're the 14th ranked team in net. They played the seventh hardest schedule in the entire country, and they've won 27 out of 33 games. That's not that's not an easy feat. They've got the two-time Mountain West player of the or defensive player of the year in Nathan Mensa. Um, they play lights out defense. They give up just 63.6 points per game. Um, you know, that that's where I think you, you see the clash because Charleston puts up 80.8 points per game, which is a pretty crazy number to put up per game. Um, but then you look at Charleston, just 228th in strength of schedule to go 31 and three seventh in strength of schedule for SDSU just to have three more losses. I, I think I have to lean to the Mountain West again and San Diego State. If Carl's watching this, he's throwing a party because I am talking up his Mountain West so much. And if they fall flat, uh, my bad, Carl. Um, so let's move on. That, that I think that's probably the game of the day tomorrow. I, if I had to highlight one, I think that would be my, my game to watch. Um, after that, we, we head into our last two games of the afternoon session at 4.10 and 4.30. On TNT, you've got Princeton, Arizona. Any shot for the Tigers? Uh, you know, Ivy League teams typically are tough matchups, and usually they get a better seed than 15. Um, so I think Arizona probably has a little more trouble than maybe some of the other two seeds, but not uh, not too much. I think Tubelis is just a mismatch yeah. for whoever 
um, Princeton is going to throw. I think he's going to be a mismatch for a lot of teams. If Arizona could continue to advance this tournament, that's why they're going to be a tough out. And then at 4.30 over on TBS, you've got Illinois-Arkansas, another SEC Big Ten matchup. Um, I see, you know, there are arguments for both teams in this one. I think, me personally, I think I'd give the edge to the Razorbacks. What, what say you, Roth? Um, this is this is a very interesting game because these two teams have had some very high highs and some very low yeah. lows this year. Um, I think Arkansas that they're getting a little bit healthier, even though their recent performances do not indicate yeah. um, much success. Losing four of their last five, uh, I think they get this one. Uh, they're very talented, but it could. Either team could win this game by 20, and I would just kind of nod my head. Yeah, both of these teams are poor from beyond the arc. 30% for Illinois, which is 30, 30.9%, 336th in the country. Arkansas just 31.7%, 309th in the country. But Arkansas shoot the ball 47.5%, 29th in the country. I think they'll just shoot the ball that little bit better. Um, Arkansas, you got to remember, they're trying to keep up an Elite Eight streak. They've gone to the la- their last two tournaments, they've gone to the Elite Eight. So we'll see what happens in that. But I think I'd give the slight edge to the Razorbacks. Then going into the evening session, we started off with another 9-8 matchup, and it's another Big Ten versus SEC matchup. It's the 9-seeded Auburn Tigers versus the 8-seeded Iowa Hawkeyes. This one's a tough one to break down. Um, Give me the lowdown, Roth. So it's in Alabama, which I think is a huge advantage for Auburn, um, not having to travel very far for this game. Um, I think when you look at uh, Iowa, they, they were pretty inconsistent this year. Uh, record isn't great, but uh, they have a pretty elite offense. Um, it, it's going to come down to if Iowa can make shots. The thing about Fran McCaffrey, been to a lot of tournaments, never been to the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I would just can't seem to get over that hump, but they do have an extremely talented player. They'll remember Keegan Murphy fondly from last year. His brother Chris ain't too shabby either, averaging 20.4, 7.9, and 2.0 points, rebounds, and assists. So, you know, just as talented as Keegan was, Chris is picking up the slack for Iowa. We'll see if that is the factor. I think I'll lean at Iowa there just because the star power, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with how the Tigers can defend Chris Murray. Now another another one that you can circle, and another 12-5 matchup that we discussed a little bit yesterday, so we won't go crazy in-depth on it, but Oral Roberts takes on Duke, 7-10 p.m. on CBS. Duke currently six-point favorites. Oral Roberts have done this Cinderella thing before. People will remember them from two years ago. Ohio State fans won't remember them so well. How do the Golden Eagles pull it off again against a Duke team that might be one of the hottest teams in the country heading into the tournament? Yeah, it's going to come down to uh, how Oral Roberts can space out Duke's bigs, and I actually think that Duke is a bad matchup for Oral Roberts um, just because Duke has Derek Lively, who, who has really struggled this year after being the number one recruit in the country, to score the ball. However, what Lively was ranked so highly in high school for was his ability to move his feet. And that's something that Oral Roberts really takes advantage of you. If your center is slow-footed, they're going to put him in ball screens. They're going to make him defend uh, 30 feet from the rim. And Lively's pretty good at that. So I think that uh, this is a good or or a tough matchup for Oral Roberts. Um, Not going to be easy for Duke, but I think that Duke is going to show Oral Roberts some trouble that uh like ohio state couldn't really take advantage of um when they played them so should be an interesting one but i'm going with duke it's gonna be a fun one oral roberts is riding a 17 game winning streak which is 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 pretty unheard of going into a tournament they went unbeaten in summit league play 18 and 0 and then ran the table in their conference tournament duke has kyle filipowski who's been one of the best freshmen in the country averaging 15 and 9 and then you can't mention Oral Roberts without mentioning a guy who already wrote his name in March Madness folklore once in Max Acemus. 22-4-4 for the Golden Eagles star, who's a senior now. You might remember him from his run as a sophomore, but he's only gotten better with age. 
it's gonna be another it's gonna be another fun matchup for sure i think it's another one that will be a tough one i think it's gonna come down right down to the wire so let's pick things up we're gonna we're gonna skip uh we'll just do this one real quick northern kentucky a close team for us they have any shot against the cougars uh no northern kentucky cannot rebound the ball and houston uh is like the best team in the country at offensive rebounding rate so they um they could just kind of play volleyball uh (laughs) throwing the ball up in the air um so that's uh that's what you're looking at there yeah 730 so that was actually the so the last game of the early evening window is this Boise State Northwestern game, which is another really interesting one. It's seven thirty-five, and then that game that we just talked about, Houston Northern Kentucky, is the first game of the late evening window at nine twenty. Um, so Boise State Northwestern, uh, another chance for the Mountain West to prove himself. Another ten seed. Boise State's been a really good team this year. Northwestern has been a magical story out of the Big Ten. Um, which story continues? Um, I went back and forth on this one a lot. I, I think I trust Northwestern a little bit more, but um, it is it is gonna be annoying if uh, if Northwestern wins because your Twitter timeline is just gonna be filled with annoying Northwestern <laughs> grads letting you know where they went to school. Yeah, as journalism people, we know all too well. Um, so let's move on. We already talked about the the nightcap, UCLA versus UNC Asheville. We discussed that game briefly earlier in our upset watch. Um, our last two games to break down tomorrow, they're tipping off 15 minutes apart. First off, 940 on CBS. This is an interesting one, and one that I've seen a lot of people take the upset look on. It is the fourth-seeded Tennessee Volunteers against the 13th-seed Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. How do how does the upset happen here? Uh, I, I'm not really in on the upset on this one. Tennessee, uh, one of the best defensive teams in the country. Uh, I don't know if Louisiana is going to be able to match their physicality. I, I think this... Uh, this one might get pretty ugly. Yeah, I mean, fifty-eight. They're giving up just fifty-eight points per game, which is uh, an impressive number. They do to, to for the region to the region Cajuns credit. Oh wow, let's hang on. We just got breaking news right here on the thing. I think you're gonna like this. Juan Thornhill, three years, twenty-one million dollars with the Cleveland Browns. Interesting. I think I think I thought you might like that. The Bengals still have, or by the way, still have two guys who have played about. Uh, game combined at safety right now so we'll we'll get to football that's our next segment we'll start off with that what i was going to say was that raging cajun shoot the ball really well 37.8 percent from three 22nd in the country 48.4 percent from the field that's good for 15th in the country so if they could shoot the ball well i think the raging cajuns have a chance but with how well the volunteers play defense I don't know if they'll even have that chance. And then our last game tomorrow, and it might it's another one that's right up there with the best games of the day. This was one that a lot of people circled on their calendars right away when it, the bracket dropped. It is another Big Ten SEC matchup, one of many on the day, and it is Texas A&M, the seventh seed, taking on the tenth seed Penn State Nittany Lions. Both teams came up just short at the final hurdle in their conference tournaments. Texas A&M is vastly underseeded as a seven. Does Penn State have a shot? Does, because both of these teams are coming in, riding momentum from good conference tournaments, who continues to ride that momentum into the tournament? Uh, I think it might be Penn State. Um, They they spread you out. Um, They shoot the ball well from the outside, Texas A&M. They had some ugly losses early in the year. We'll see how this one goes, but I could see Penn State giving the Aggies a lot of trouble. Yeah, both of these teams are, like I mentioned, coming in hot. Penn State, 13th in the country in three-point shooting, 38.5%. Um, both of these teams are 8-2 and two over their last 10 as well, of course, with both teams going on big conference tournament runs. That was to be expected. Um, but Penn State's been doing it in the clutch as well. They've, they've eked out wins. They, they fought back hard against Purdue. I think that was the biggest contrast between the loss that A&M took against Alabama and the loss that Penn State took against Purdue. It looked like Purdue were going to run away with the Big Ten uh, Conference Tournament title. Penn State pulled it back and almost pulled off an improbable last-minute comeback. 
But Texas A&M, I mean, Bama just rolled them over. So we'll see if that happens again. But that is the breakdown for all the Thursday games. Guess what? We only broke down half the games on the bracket. You'll have to come back tomorrow for more updates. I don't know if they'll even have time to break down all the Friday games with everything that will have already happened and is going to happen tomorrow. So we will take a quick break, and when we come back, you just heard one free agent deal go out live. That was from uh, NFL.com reporter Tom Pelissero, who tweeted that Juan Thornhill is off to be a Cleveland Brown. We'll break that deal down as well as a few more that have gone through today and what's been a slow free agent market next on The Sports Fan. Here's what's going on. The Board of Education of the Federal Honking Local School District will hold a board finance committee meeting on Wednesday at 3 p.m. in the Middle High School Library Conference Room. Executive session may occur. The March meeting of the Alexander Local School Board will take place on Wednesday in the Alexander Library at 7 p.m. Seniors and law enforcement together, a.k.a. SALT, will hold a meeting this Thursday at the Athens Community Center. The potluck lunch and meeting will start at 1 p.m. On Thursday, March 23rd, Community Food Initiatives will host their annual seed potato giveaway at Nelsonville Ace Net Business Center located at 296 South Harper Street in Nelsonville. Over 30,000 pounds of seed potatoes and 10,000 pounds of baking potatoes will be available and free to the public between 10 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. For more information, call 740-593-5971. That's what's happening from your friends here at 970 WATH 97.3 FM and Power 105. Everyone knows that Drinks at McDonald's just taste better. So, is it safe to assume that new lemonade at McDonald's might be more refreshing, more delicious, more busting with flavor than any lemonade you've ever had in your life? Yep. Try new lemonade from McDonald's. Made with real lemon juice, bits of lemon pulp, and cane sugar. Or pick up a mocha frappe. Made with rich chocolate flavor and a hint of coffee. Blended with ice and topped with whipped light cream and chocolatey drizzle. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary at participating McDonald's. You imagine it so often, it's almost real. That one dream vacation you know someday you'll take. Then, out of the blue, cancer. And that dream goes off exactly as planned. I would know, kiddo. I'm in the big city with my two best girls. Our fourth big trip since I heard the words cancer-free from my doctor at Ohio Health. All right, girls, let's get another ice cream. You keep making plans. Visit OhioHealth.com slash keep making plans. Local teams, local opinions. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. A little bit of Daft Punk to bring us back in from the break. I appreciate that. Harder, better, faster, stronger. A great song from its day. From the now, unfortunately, broken up band of Daft Punk. But they really made Random Access Memories is one of the better albums of all time, in my opinion. I will say. So, back to sports, back to sports, Um, what we know best. And we'll jump into the NFL. If you missed it, we just broke down all of yesterday's matchups in March Madness. And if you want to listen back, in case you missed it, all of our sports fan episodes are now out on Spotify. So if you missed a sports fan and maybe you want to catch up on some of the things some of the guys might have said, you could go just search up the sports fan over on Spotify Podcasts. And it'll come up. We have the full episode out for you. And you can go back and take a listen on there. If you ever miss a sports fan, they're always available now on Spotify. So let's jump into the National Football League where it has been a busy day. um, But there has also been a little bit of a lull as well. Let's start with the big news of the day. And it was Aaron Rodgers. First off, unbelievable that he, he he went on the Pat McAfee show. Over 500,000 concurrent active viewers on a YouTube channel, which is crazy. Unbelievable stuff there. And then he did announce, um, he, he was on there for an hour. I did watch the whole hour, by the way. I will oh, say that much. my condolences. <laughs> it was something. I, I just, I mean, I've been watching the Pat McAfee show recently, and I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll sit through this. And the long and short of it is that he goes into this, the darkness retreat, thinking he was 90%, this is his words, 90% retired and 10% playing. Then when he came out of the the retreat, the Packers wanted to move on, and he was like, I want to play again. And Do you he, believe this? I, 
it's pretty crazy. It is, you know, there are many words to describe Aaron Rodgers. Um, crazy in some connotations is probably the right one. Um, so long and short, he said that he, in his mind, wants to be a New York Jet. And currently, Woody Johnson, um, Joe Douglas, probably on the phone right now with the Green Bay Packers, trying to figure out that deal, trying to figure out what compensation Green Bay would want back. So it looks like new eras for both Green Bay and New York. It seems like you have thoughts, Michael, but it doesn't seem like you like how Aaron Rodgers has gone about it too much. I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous. He's kind of dragging it all along um i don't think he's all that good anymore maybe that's a hot take maybe that is because you know rogers had that that mini decline in like 2018 2019 and then he came back and he won a couple mvps made a conference title game and that's great I just don't know if 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers I know. And, is worth the hassle. And look, the biggest thing about this is... And the is, Jets are bidding against themselves. I know, and, and I think the biggest story is this is you better have your quarterback before you build a team around him. Because the Jets have built a very, very good roster. When you eliminate the quarterback position, even last year, right, the roster was really good. Brees Hall was having a phenomenal year before he, unfortunately, tore his ACL. You had the defensive rookie of the year and Sauce Gardner. You had Garrett Wilson. Was he the he was the offensive rookie of the year? Was he not? Maybe. I, I, I believe he. Very well I believe done. he was. Um, you had talent at, at, at a lot of spots on both sides of the ball, but you didn't have your quarterback, and they didn't make the playoffs because of that. That and that alone, really. Um, so Aaron Rodgers will likely be a New York Jet in the next couple days. We we will see what happens. Some other less notable things have happened today. Um, literally just now, as we were recording the sports band, I've been waiting for this to happen for the last three days, and it, it finally did, where a, a notable deal came through while we were on the sports fan. And if you missed it, it was the Browns, Cleveland Browns, are signing former Kansas State Chief Safety Juan Thornhill. Replacing uh, John Johnson. Yes. Uh, it was announced John Johnson and Jadavian Clowney won't be coming back, which I think yes. almost every Browns fan knew that was the case. Yeah, so three years, 21 million, 14 mil, fully guaranteed for the two-time Super Bowl winner. Your gut reaction off that as Browns fan. What do you think? Hopefully it, it turns out better than the last marquee uh, safety that we signed <laughs> in free agency. Um, he, he got winning experience. Um, it, it was a, a position of weakness, so we'll see. We'll we'll see how it goes next year. But I I like the Browns off season, and um, I don't think I usually say that. Um, so yeah. yeah, I guess I guess that is a, is a plus. A lot of people claim we're off season champs. I don't I don't usually <laughs> claim that. This year, you know, I think we had a good off season. I don't think we're I think we're the off season champs. I think whoever signs Lamar Jackson will be the off season champs. But we might be. We might be off-season, like, fourth-place award. Yeah. I would take that. And speaking of Mr. Jackson, teams are now allowed to speak to him as of 4 p.m. today. Before then, it was kind of just unofficial. But now teams can call Lamar, who is represented by himself. He does not have an agent. They can call Lamar and ask him about a potential contract. Um, so there has been no news on Lamar Jackson as of yet. We will see on that front. Just a quick roundup here before we take another break and do our surefire hot picks. Some other notable things. The most notable things are probably some cuts in the NFC East. Two big ones. Um, first, the Cowboys are letting Ezekiel Elliott go, the former Buckeye star. Had some great years in Cowboy in the Cowboys white and blue. Some not-so-great years in the Cowboys' white and blue, but in the end, he definitely carved himself a very, very good NFL career. Um, I don't think he's done, by the way. I think that he is. Uh, he will find another spot. Um, where it will be is, is to be determined, but I think the bigger cut, the bigger news, is Darius Slay is a cap casualty for the Philadelphia Eagles' defense, which is... That defense, after re-signing James Bradbury yesterday, I mentioned that they wanted to bring back that duo of Slay and Bradbury. But now it seems like they're kind of just content with letting Slay go. It seems like they were trying to find some trade partners, couldn't find one to take Slay's contract. So now they're just going to get rid of it. Um, 
it will be very interesting to see what they do on that front. Of course, the NFL free agency line is always cooking. Some wide receiver deals did come in today as well with Juju Smith-Schuster signing and Odell Beckham Jr. still not signing. So we'll see what happens. We'll take one last break. When we come back, we've got plenty to choose from tonight. Our surefire hot picks after both of us went 0 for 2 yesterday, unfortunately. we got to make it up to you guys. We'll be right back. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker, dealer, and is independent of RJFS. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, $1.19 each. Open 10.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. Head over to Larry's Dog House over on West Union Street in Athens. Quality that's through the roof. T-Bay Roofing. T-Bay Roofing, your certified GAF Master Elite Contractor, has expanded operations to now serve the greater Athens County, Ohio area. T-Bay brings their GAF Golden Pledge Warranty for up to 50 years to Athens, and it's even transferable once to the next homeowner. Put your trust in the Mid-Ohio Valley's premier roofing contractor. Get started with a free call to 844-PRO-ROOF, and T-Bay will get you a free estimate within 24 hours. That's 844 for Pro Roof. Put your trust in the Mid-Ohio Valley's premier roofing contractor. Get started with a free call to 844-PRO-ROOF and T-Bay will get you a free estimate within 24 hours. That's 844-PRO-ROOF. Now serving the Athens, Ohio areas. Find out more at tbayroofing.com. Quality that's through the roof. T-Bay Roofing. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Welcome back to the Sports Fan, where it is time for our surefire hot picks. Let's start off with Mr. Roth. We've got plenty to choose from tonight. Where are you going? Uh, We're going to go Joel Embiid over uh, 32.5 points. He always crushes the Cavs. No Jared Allen tonight. Should be a good Highly competitive game, but I think Embiid gets his. So I am going to go to the hoop side of things. This is going to be for tomorrow, one of the early games. I am going to put my money where my mouth is, where I mentioned earlier. I'm going to take the Arkansas Razorback money line, minus 135. I'm just, I feel like that's a, a sure bet. I feel like they're the better team, and they'll beat Illinois. That's all we've got time for today on The Sports Fan. For Michael Roth, I'm Ethan Sargent. We'll see you tomorrow for more March Madness action.